Welcome to Our Scars Speak. My name is Christina Miner, and I am the host of this podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to provide our disclaimer. We are not claiming to be medical professionals or any other professional providing advice regarding your treatment plan. We encourage everyone to follow their doctor's orders. We are only here to share our experiences and provide support. Welcome to Our Scar Speak. My name is Christina Miner. I am the host of this podcast. And tonight we have special guests, one being Brett Miller, who was, I'm going to let him tell his own story, but he was definitely at the age of 17, found a lump, and he's going to explain everything else that he found. Um, he's going to share his story, his journey before, during, and after. Well, not after, but now. And then his mother is here. Her name is Peggy Miller, and she is going to share from the perspective of a caregiver. And then also both of them are going to share from the perspective of actually finding and co-finding um, an organization. And I'm going to let you all hear directly from them. I am so, so honored for you all to be up here tonight. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Peggy and Brett. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yes. So, um, Brett, definitely, I want to... I want to hear from, first of all, from both of you, from the perspective of Brett, who is Brett? Like, outside of having breast cancer, being a survivor, outside of you know, being the founder of this organization, like who are you as a person to describe to the audience who you are? You can use adjectives, you can use whatever you want to describe who you are as a person. Well, I'm Brett Miller. I'm from Prairie Village, Kansas. Uh, for those that may not think of, know where that is, just think Kansas City, Missouri area, the general area, great barbecue, Super Bowl champ, <laughs> go Chiefs. Um, you know, and then not so much the Royals right now, but, you know, KC Royals go. Um no, I just, uh, me, myself, I, you know, I love sports. I love watching them. I love hanging out outside, doing, being active. And that's the way I was before my diagnosis. You know, I was, I, throughout, all, all throughout high school, I played sports. I did football and wrestling, um, some intramurals, just fun stuff. And, and always was working out, going to the gym at least five times a week. Um, and, you know, and all that kind of changed about the time when I got diagnosed with cancer. Um, that kind of like pulled some things back, but you know, I was outside of high school at the time. So um, I, I always try to help others as much as I can. I always try to help around the house, siblings, you know, family, um, extended family, and just friends um, and just love hanging out with friends and, and, and living life. So uh, that's me in a nutshell, but I love sports. <laughs> I love, my, love my chiefs and my Royals. Awesome. And Peggy, before yes. we ask Brett about his experience and what happened prior to, like, what is something that you can describe far as yourself? Like, who's Peggy? Well, um, I was, for one, a single woman until I got married at age 29. <laughs> and then three years after that, I was blessed to have my first son, Blake. I have four children, Aww. now adults. I have Blake, Brett, Morgan, and Bobby and a proud mother, but also a proud grandmother of three now. Brett has two, Riley and Ryder that we spend every day with. And then my daughter, Morgan has Cooper and we call him Koopaloo. <laughs> <laughs> two one-year-old boys and one four-year-old granddaughter. So awesome. that is our life now. Okay, so that is Peggy in a nutshell. And for anyone, for everyone out there, I met Peggy by way of, I met both of them by way of Facebook. I was just, 
you know, everybody know I'm doing these podcasts. And I was like, you know what? I want a voice for the men. I want men to come on and share their stories. I want all men to come on and share their stories if they have a story about breast cancer. And it was, at first it was a little challenging. And I was like, you know what? There's gotta be, gotta be somewhere out there in social media and internet world. (laughs) There's gotta be a male out there. And um, I ended up searching just certain wording and his name popped up like everywhere. It was like, once I opened the floodgates, all his articles popped up, everything. And I was like, you know what? All they can tell me is no, but I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> anyway. And I met um, Peggy first and she has been, we always call each other family now. Like she's really? just been such a blessing far as just sharing information and at any time of night, like she's always available. And um, mm-hmm. from there I met Brett and um, it has just been, it's been wonderful meeting both of you. So Brett, prior to breast cancer, I heard you say you were very active. So I kind of want you to describe if you want to a little bit more about what exactly was going on, like before you found it or before you found whatever symptoms you had, like how was life, like how outgoing was it? And then lead us up to the point of, um, you know, what you discovered, what symptoms you were having. Well, so when I first found my lump, um, it was right before I was going into senior year of high school. Um, it was directly below under uh, my right nipple. Um, and I was, I, I remember it was at home just watching TV and I kind of did one of these, I was, I was sitting in the chair and just kind of did this like a little stretch back and a little scratch like this. And then it was kind of like, wait, that's weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to get a physical um, uh before the school year started for, to play football. Um, so, you know, I was kind of a typical active, you know, high schooler uh, playing mm-hmm. sports, you know, going to school, hanging out with friends and just, you know, being social. And um, so I went to go get a physical for, for football and brought it up to a doctor during the physical. And they were just kind of like, yeah, you know, you're 17, you're going through puberty, it could be calcium buildup. It's, you know, it'll probably just pay and go away. It's nothing to worry about. Um, so I go out through an uh, entire year, senior year, um, with the lump, have to go get um, some shots and a checkup following uh, senior year for uh, uh, college, you know, vaccinations mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, I did that and, you know, I still brought it up to, it was a different doctor and I brought it up to that doctor at that point. And they kind of said the same thing, a little change and stuff, but they're, you know, you know, you're, you're young, it's probably calcium buildup, it's nothing to worry about. Um, it'll dissipate, go away. Uh, so this is like 2003, 2004 when this is going on. So I'm not thinking much of it. I'm just, you know, right. we're, you're hearing it from doctors or you're, you trust doctors. You try to trust doctors as much as you can because they're, they're practicing, they're learning medicine. You mm-hmm. don't have an experience, any expertise in it. So you're just going to take their word for it. Um, fast forward roughly seven years from my first, you know, initial finding of the lump. Um, I was 24. And, you know, I'd finished college uh, about a year and a half prior and, you know, been at the uh, country club that I'm still currently at for, mm-hmm. um, well, I, I started there in 2001 when I was 15, but I took over managing once I graduated uh, college in 2008. Mm-hmm. So I had been there for about a year and a half um, with health insurance and, and, and everything just working and right. hanging out by the pool and hanging out mm-hmm. with friends after work and, and doing all that. And my parents, you know, both were had asked, like, do you still have that lump? And I was like, well, yeah. And they go, when was the last time you went for a physical? And I was like, 
before college. You know, everybody always asks, well, why did it take so long? Well, you know, my parents are self-employed, so health insurance, you know, even, you know, now as it was way back then, it's right. ridiculously expensive, uh, especially for self-employed. So once I turned 18, you know, the state health insurance and everything, that went away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just something that I was told that it was a calcium buildup, but this didn't go away. So I never felt sick. I never, besides, you know, besides a lump, I didn't have any major symptoms that I knew of that were related to breast cancer. Um, until, you know, honestly, until I was officially diagnosed, then I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's a major one. So one thing I don't tell everybody, you know, right off the bat is that about a year and a half to two years, give or take, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, I, I, I would have a discharge from my nipple, mm-hmm. yellow, mm-hmm. oranges discharge, sometimes red, bloody, you know, whatever. But all I'm thinking is like, oh, it's the calcium buildup dissipating and going away. But mm-hmm. You know, because of the poor awareness for men, um, everything is always directed towards women. So men don't think that it's possible. So they just brush it off and don't think of anything. But upon diagnosis, read, you know, kind of going down the deep, dark rabbit hole, this and that for breast cancer and men and everything. Number one is a lump and number two is a discharge from your nipple. And then it goes into the other symptoms of like a dimpling, a rash. Right whatever and i'm like man i really wish that there would have been a little more awareness and talking about this you know for men to be a little more aware that hey it could happen is very rare but it could still happen so had i known that i would have gone to the doctors a lot sooner so when did the discharge actually happen like what age would you say that you noticed the discharge once you found out that was uh 22 i would probably put it at the like Mm -hmm. senior year of college Okay, so 17, you just had the lump up until the senior year, and that's when you start having discharge that you didn't realize was associated. Right. Yeah, yeah, because there's, like I said, there's no... Right. We're getting better, but even when I was diagnosed in 2010, there was, you know, we contacted two of the major foundations that you would think that would help Mm -hmm. people with breast cancer. doesn't matter if they're male or female, young or old or whatever, but we were essentially told, no, you know, they only focus on women. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you fit now, how big was the lump also that I want to, they say, I can't remember the centimeters. Um, they, no, the, when you first felt it, like, what did it feel like? Did it feel like a little oh, rock or size of a pea. like a kidney bean ish or whatnot? Mm-hmm. I think at the biggest it ever felt was like a lima bean. So not too much of a difference in size, really. Um, okay. And they always say that I got extremely lucky on the size of it and the actual diagnosis of it. So. Yeah. And the reason why I asked you that is because number one, the reason why I asked about the discharge, because I don't want people to think, oh, okay, well, he had a lump then, but that didn't mean, you know, did he really have the, the breast cancer then? And it, who knows? You may or you may know. not, you never and, know. And yeah. The doctors don't, they, they're like, yeah. yeah, we're not sure if it was always cancerous or at some point then. Right. Or it turned Game into later yeah. or whatever, but it's good to know kind of like the gate. Cause there's probably somebody sitting out there right now. Who's had a lump. That's a male that I know one person in particular, he has a lump and I know two people and one in particular got a really small one. And he was just like, Oh, it's fine. I'm like, no, you need to go get that. Yeah, check. Get a check. Um, it could be and, nothing, but you got to get it checked. Right. Any lumps, you've got to get it checked. And that's the other reason why I asked about the size, because as women, even we're like, Oh, maybe it's a cyst or maybe, you yeah. know, maybe it's just, I don't know, abscess or whatever, but 
size to me doesn't matter. It could be so mm-hmm. tiny. So I'm thankful that you shared like specific size of what you thought it felt like, because I don't want anybody thinking, well, maybe it was recognizable. No, it was, it was like a P like you said, a little, like a P yeah. or a kidney yeah. bean. So, um, so before we go more into like his treatment and stuff, Peggy, yeah. what was this like for you as a mom? Like what was life be- for you before he ended up having you know, before he even came to you about a lump, like how was life going for you? And then at the point of him telling you. Actually very well. My husband and myself, we've owned our own business. We rent margarita machines, frozen drink (laughs) machines. We take to people's homes and party and we do mobile DJing and I do video production. So always, always busy, always involved in everything, uh, making memory videos and things like that. So I always said, God, all my life has been preparing me for this hmm. uh, by teaching me. I self-taught how to do video work, video production, never went to school for it. Um, but he knew what he was going to give our family. Mm-hmm. And as some people may say it was a curse, I say it was a blessing. He was teaching us that if this happens to us, even my son at this age, a discharge that most men have no clue what it means. Right. If a man goes for physical still today, doctors do not check their breasts. So I tell all men, if you're there and you finally went for a physical, ask the doctor to check your breasts, just like they do women. Right. We do. We have a website, breastselfexams.org, mm-hmm. where we partner with HCA Midwest Hospitals that you can go and look at the videos of a doctor showing Brett how to do a breast self-exam, plus Brett showing in a mirror how to do it for yourself. Right. This is so important for people, not man, not woman, people. Right. If you have breasts, they need to be checked monthly. You find something strange, you'd rather be safe than sorry. Because <laughs> the, the men that have waited, those right. men aren't here to talk about it. Right. You know, so that's, that's my motto. That's what I live by today. Um, And again, like I say, God's got a mission. Mm -hmm. It needs to continue to be told. We can't do it alone. I live by the hashtag together. We will change the world because it takes you, me, Brett, anybody that hears about breast cancer is talk about family, friends, everybody bring up the subject because, you know, most men don't think it's, it's an issue. So was there any, was there any, I I know, because I think we talked one time before and you were talking about like family history. So before he even came to you about the lump, you already had a family history of actual, so you were aware that. Totally aware. I have over 15 breast cancer. Aware of breast cancer and breast cancer. Right. Yeah, aware of men and breast cancer. Right, well, but not so. Brett but, got it, but I had over right. fifteen women cousins all with wow. breast cancer. We do not carry any mutation that they know of, right? Have discovered yet? No BRCA, no nothing in our family. But I have first cousins, aunts, mm. all with breast cancer. Lot that wow. made it. And so we do know there's some sort of mutation running through our family that is yet to be discovered. So when you had that thought that, okay, people in my family have breast cancer, and then he comes to you and say, hey, I got a lump. 
How do you feel as a mother? Like as a mom, he's telling his dad and I at the same time, his dad's gonna don't worry about it. I think I've had him, you know. And I'm looking in my mind and I'm going, Oh my God, is this one of those lumps they tell us women to look for? Wow. And I just I looked in, but because I'm the the overreactor as the family says. I mean the hypochondriac (laughs) family, yeah. That checks everything. And once you have kids, you will. Brett knows he has two children now. He doesn't let it go. Uh, I wanted to get his butt to a doctor as soon as possible. Okay. And we worked on that throughout the time. He told his dad about the discharge, but he never told me. Mm. If he would have told told a woman about discharge, I'd have had his butt. I'd driven him, and I don't drive a lot. I'd have driven him to the doctor myself to get it done because, uh, and he goes, no way. But no, in reality, people need to know anything that is different with your breasts. Be safe, not sorry. Go get it checked out. It's just a damn doctor's appointment, people. And let the doctor tell you no. And guess what? We had many doctors told us no. Told us it was nothing. So, but in your own heart, if you think it is, mm-hmm. get another opinion. Just You're keep on going. That's right. So, and now, thank goodness, they're more aware of men, of course. And then also they're opening up the doors more for more scans and things yes. of that nature, which is so good. We just got to push the fact of doing self-exams for young men, you know, teach it like they teach yes. us as young girls. So Brett, at the point, when did you, all right, so bring us to, you're going to the doctor, you actually found one (laughs) that really is going to do further testing. Walk us through that. Like, what did that look like for you? Well, so I, I set up a, uh, a physical exam at a a more, a men's clinic, you know, just specializes in men's health and everything. And so I go, I go there and I do go through the physical and, you know, they do the blood work, they, you know, check your body, they do this, they look and everything, what they do for a physical and the doctor's like, well, you know, everything looks great. You know, we'll, we'll call you back in the next, you know, in the week, once we get the results from just the blood, you know, the blood test, just a, in general blood test. It wasn't like looking for cancer mm-hmm. because I hadn't yet said anything about a lump yet, mm-hmm. but, and he was like, he goes, other than that, um, you know, if, if you don't have anything, then, you know, I'll, we'll, this will be done. And it was kind of like, it was a little hesitation on my part and everything, but he was almost kind of out the door and, or at the door and everything and I, and I go well you know my parents would kill me if I didn't say anything about it and stuff but I've had this lump underneath my right nipple for you know some time now and you know I, I we're all kind of curious to know if it's anything because I was always told that it was mm-hmm. I mean I think the second I told said uh lump breast song whatever I mean he closed the door and turned right back around and he was like um let's see and so lifted up my shirt and kind of looked at it and felt it and everything and immediately said okay well let's set you up for an ultrasound um you know so i knew the place that i was going he was just like it'll be it'd be right down the road actually from where i was at i was like okay so it was a couple of days later went to go do that i walked into the place that said the imaging center and everything and they're like oh no you're in the wrong place this is just for like mris oh. you're you're in the building back behind us and it's you know sweet 200 which i walk up to and i'm like is this a joke because sweet 200 is the women's clinic Right. You know, nobody's said anything uh, the entire time. Not one person has said anything about women's clinic, breast cancer, anything related to it. So 
I like opened up the door and I was like, am I in the right place? And they're like, Brett Miller. And I go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many women get actually greeted at the women's clinic, you know, by name. So I was like, yeah, we gave it away. Um, you know, and so I had to get, I, they hand me the form to fill out, which we push hard and we've got quite a few hospitals in our area, in our region, everything have changed. And a lot of other ones have changed too, to more either gender specific or gender neutral um, questionnaires. But my questionnaire that I had to fill out was insurance information, address, when was your last menstrual cycle? Are you pregnant? Um, you know, that was all the, you know, all the questions for women. I was like, I don't know that I can really answer many more of these questions. Um, but it was, I got taken to the back, um, and I got shuffled in and out of rooms, um, because there were, it was during the day. So there were other mm -hmm. women there. So I wasn't, it wasn't like I was, Oh, that's right. Yeah. I in the beginning, in the end or whatnot, but I was getting shuffled in and out of rooms just to make sure that there weren't any women, which I get, I understand, mm -hmm. but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel comfortable being like, okay, well, you get, no, got to wait here. Oh, got to wait, you know, oh, go back in. Um. You know, so I did, they do the ultrasound and the, uh, you know, the nurse is doing the, uh, the tech is doing the ultrasound and stuff. And then the doctor comes in just to assure that the scans that were requested are, you know, are, are there. So mm -hmm. she comes in, she looks at it and she's like, monitor me, mon you know, back and forth a little bit. And she goes, uh, you know what, let's, um, let's go do a mammogram real quick. It's just right down the hall. Then you don't have to like take more time off work and come back and, and, and all this other stuff and and I tell every time I say that to everybody I'm like she knew mm -hmm. that something was wrong but mm -hmm. she wasn't my actual doctor so she couldn't say anything right like she couldn't even say anything so I was like she goes let's go get a mammogram I looked at her and I go is that physically possible <laughs> I mean I'm just like wait what I have to go do a what now um, I mean, it is. There are small breasted women. Right, there are. Yeah. I feel your pain. It was not the the funnest uh, mm -hmm. experience I've ever had. Um, but you know, they did a mammogram, and it ends up being the better scan of the between that and the ultrasound. Okay. Um, so I'm thankful for it. But you know, it's still the scans go to the doctor. The doctor sets up with a general surgeon to have a consult. The general surgeon is just saying. Yeah, based on the scans and what you've told me and stuff, you know, it's probably still just calcium buildup. But you know, the time that you've had it, I'd like to take, you know, take do the surgery and just take the lump out, just remove the lump, and that's it. I don't recall at any point, and I don't think my mom remembers at any point that the doctor at any point during that, even with that consult of just saying that, hey, I just want to take the lump out, the same breast cancer, at all. And so I do the surgery, they remove the lump. Uh, they just cut under the bottom half of the nipple, remove the lump. It's like an hour and a half surgery that they still put me under. But I went back to the work the next day, you know, acting like nothing was wrong. And then it was upon leaving work at the country club to go bartend downtown when I was that the doctor called me, um, told me that the preliminary pathology reports, which, like I said, don't remember them saying they could have said something while I was coming out of anesthesia. Right. But they still sent it off to pathology. But the preliminary pathology reports are saying that it's breast cancer. I haven't fully read the report, but I'll read it and get back to you in three to five days. Okay. That's what so the doctor, you never had, the doctor told me. So you never even had, though, about backing it all the way up? Because usually... No, no, yeah, no needle biopsy or... Yeah. Thank goodness they took it out, though. Yeah, right? and, the, and that doctor that we had, we switched immediately after that yeah. guy 
so, was just not ethical. I'm sorry. So what it was, okay. yeah. So his bed bedside manner was absolutely horrible. Um, <laughs> but it was, you know, I signed all HIPAA forms and everything that he mm-hmm. communicates to my parents just as everything. much as communicating to me, doing whatever, just because you know, there's there's a lot going on. I'm work, I'm busy working and and everything, and I'm 24, so you're young. The, yeah. The last thing that's on my mind really at the time is my health kind of thing. I'm just especially having breast cancer. Like I exactly. mean, young. So yeah. I signed all of that and everything, and so he calls me, sells me the breast cancer, and 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 then pretty much that's it. And kind of hangs up the phone, and I'm kind of like sitting there. I was like, wow, wow. What? So I called my dad and I let my dad know. I'm like, hey, I'm heading down to work. It's gonna be busy. I don't have time to answer mom's questions because I know she's gonna answer about ask a thousand questions. I have no answers to any of them. Right. So I'll once I get off work, I'll be home and stuff. We can discuss then. Five minutes go by and she's calling me. I go I text him. I go, I go, gee, dad, thanks for holding out that one. He goes, yeah. I tried. He goes, I turned around. We're in the same office and stuff. I turn around and she sees it on my face. Mother's intuition. Absolutely. I knew. It was still the better thing because she didn't hold back at all. And she called right. that doctor and we were actually in his office the next day. She's like, I don't care what you have. We're, we're, you know, I mean, we essentially showed up. We showed up to him and he was like, okay, so, you know, I, I, I skimmed through a little more and stuff. And he goes, the, 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 uh, baseline on what what we do for men right now it's a double vasectomy that's all we're doing that's what we'll do and there's no questions about it okay <laughs> so this was the breast surgeon yeah the surgeon yeah, the, that removed the lump first we went job. back okay. to him as he was i just want to make for sure because i was yeah. like okay is that the radiologist so it was it was the actual breast surgeon yeah had this conversation with you on the what? phone and didn't even set up a consultation to follow up no he was three, gonna three to five weeks. days <laughs> yeah. three to five yeah. days is what is when he would get back to set things up but and, just leaving you with, oh yeah, oh, yeah just yeah, hang, leaving us out hanging, and and I knew a couple of the doctors that were very yeah. good, close that went. Their kids went to the same high school. All the kids went to, so I reached out to them too, and he said, "Just get get all Brett's medical records, and I'll see you within the next day." And that's how we switched. Because on. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, hmm. As a woman, it's already traumatizing. I can't even imagine as a man and being that you are in your 20s and yes. you have to go, first of all, to a women's <laughs> mammogram breast center. <laughs> That's traumatized. I mean, and the well, paper- after going through it, I totally understand because the, yeah. a general clinic's probably more than likely not going to have it. A men's clinic's not going to have $100,000 plus machines, right. you no. know, the one offs to come through. I totally get it. I just wish that I would have like a little heads up, like, hey, no. you've got to go do this, but you've got to go here to do it. Not one person said it. They just said, you have to go get some scans. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like, that's all people may not understand how like the mind works. Like that all can play into like a traumatic experience, especially for a young male who, yeah, this is supposed to be, you know, women usually has this. Right. I have to go here and no one's telling me, Oh, hey, look, by the way, it's, like you said, it's going to be at a women's clinic. Be prepared. You know, they may switch you from room to room or the people there should have kind of guided you like this is even if they would have said, hey, look, this is new to us. So we're going to do the best we can. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly, you know, um, to try to make it comfortable for you. But I understand that form and I'm a, I, I understand it from a different perspective, but kind of same way. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me. So I'm, I have a double mastectomy flat, as you both know, and I go in for MRI. <laughs> And they just read my paperwork. 
And they said, oh, well, take off your bra. And um, and it also says history. It says all this before you have a conversation with me. And they didn't even look at it at all because they asked me about my last period. I don't have period. <laughs> they asked me about um, your bra. Do you have a bra on? I have no breasts. <laughs> Did you read anything? Like, why? Well, yeah. And so it can make you, it can make you angry kind of yeah. because even when I used to work in the medical field, I used to tell people like, be sensitive, read the paperwork before you even approach, read whatever you have before you approach the patient. And if you, af- you offend them in some way and didn't mean to apologize and say, Very this true. is why, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah, know. Like said, or something. Read the paperwork. You asked me to fill up 15 pages of paperwork that takes 30 minutes that delay my you know appointment even longer and stuff. At least I have the courtesy to read what I just answered everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. So you find this, you find a different doctor, obviously, because I'm right. over here. Yeah, we, we essentially go, you know, thank you for your time, but we're, we feel like we need to get a second opinion. Absolutely. And, we, we, and didn't do that. And like my mom said, she reached out to a few, few people. Um, you know, so I was the, the hospital I was at was St. Joseph Medical Center. Okay. Um, the nurse navigators there were absolutely phenomenal. And they even asked me, they're like, hey, um, we will only share out the, what your age is, your sex, and the, and the diagnosis, and that's it. But, you know, we have, the, you know, these, uh, a lot of the top doctors around the area have these, like, roundtables, like, once a month. Mm-hmm. And it's actually coming up really soon. You know, would you be okay if we shared your case? And I go, I mean, you're, absolutely. I, I, I don't care <laughs> if you put my name out there or not. Yes. If anything's going to help, try to find the answers to it, because everybody goes, well, what was your mindset after you got that diagnosis? And I was like, well, they got the lump, they got the cancer. So that's out of my body right now. I guess we'll just see what's next. Like, so I was just like trying to, you know, prep myself for, Hey, there's nothing, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. let's just see what the answers are, you know, or, you know, what, what may come next. Um, So they, yeah, they shared it out. Um, We got set up with a general surgeon. that uh i mean like i said general surgeon but had a focus more in in breast cancer uh and and he had actually performed a mastectomy on 12 men prior to yeah so i was his third i was the 13th male that he'd done it for so i was like okay there's this because the previous had like very little experience in in mastectomies and absolutely none on men so i was that was another reason i was like i'm not going to be your first one to you know experiment with and yeah, you're not being very nice <laughs> yeah uh, you're just rude as hell so yeah <laughs> um, did he check your backing up to the first doctor did he even check your lip nodes no i mean there was no i didn't have any lip nodes checked until uh my mastectomy yeah okay so i was just wondering because i mean like since okay so you get this doctor so then obviously you go through a mastectomy you go through a double yeah so well, no, only a single. So a it was okay. it was in meeting with this doctor, and I don't think we were there for even an hour. But in mm-hmm. in talking with him, um, he you know he he explained everything. He explained mm-hmm. what we were gonna do. He understood that with work wise that I was I was it was for the pool. It was becoming a very busy part of the season, mm-hmm. and I you know if I I know I had to do something now, I had to do at least the mastectomy on the right side. But even he said that it would be double insectomy, but I could come back and do the second, the other side, you know, in a couple months, you know, get through, you know, get through the busy part and everything. So oh, where okay. I can take time off and make it easier on myself. 
Um, and I was like, okay, that's reassuring. And he was like, I can also, if you really, if you want me to, I can try to reach out to some of the men that I performed the surgery on before and see if they're willing to talk to you and answer any questions mm -hmm. because, but I'm going to be honest, a lot of them took time off work, did, you know, did the, did the surgery recovered and went back to work. Like nothing ever happened. Like they don't wow. speak. They don't talk. And it was in talking to that, uh, my surgeon that performed the mastectomy and him saying, you know, if you're, you know, with your age and, you know, just the, your, our interaction right here, I feel like if you are willing to share your story, you can help make an impact mm -hmm. to help up. To change and, the world. Yeah. You know, I told, just, we were all in that appointment. In yeah. The, and yeah. I took that in, you know, I thought about it and everything. And then, you know, we, we set up geneticists, uh, you know, oncologists and everything already. Right. And then I, I was like, you know, I would like to talk to like a plastic surgeon because, you know, like I said, I work at a pool. I go mm -hmm. out a lot. I hang out at pools with friends and, and everything. And, you know, uh, all I can see online right now is that I'm going to have, I'm going to have my nipple taken away, you know, breast, it's going to be flat. It's going to be, you know, caved in and all, all this stuff. So I, we did set up with a plastic surgeon and one of the top ones in the region, um, a brother of a friend, a good friend of the family and everything too. And it, in talking to him, he was just like, you know, I've never, I haven't performed, I've done a reconstructive on a male before. He goes, I'm not saying I can't do it. And I was like, I do, I have confidence because I hear a lot of good things from him and stuff. But he goes, he goes, it would take a little bit of, you know, time and research to, you know, know exactly what I needed to do to make it right. Cause I don't want to do this, and, you know, mess it up and everything. And, and he goes, well, give me some time and, and we'll get, you know, I'll get back to you and stuff. And I was like, okay. So, but after I left that meeting with that plastic surgeon is when I was like, I don't want to be, I can't, I don't want to be a guinea pig, a test subject on for somebody for the very first time. Like, I know there are many out there that do that, but I was like, that's just not me. And that, at that point is when I decided that I will share my story out. I'm not getting reconstructive. And the scar is the only way that I feel that people are going to believe me as a male that I have breast cancer. Because if I don't mm -hmm. have the scar and I have something I've reconstructive and then I have the nipple tattooed back on and whatever else, I could say that I'm a breast cancer patient. Some people are going to be like, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. even like I still felt on one of the very first races I went to during chemo treatment and stuff, I went to go sign in, you know, check in as a survivor. I paid yeah. the fee and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. went to go check in. I kind of got this look like, huh? And yeah, I, got, they didn't even... yeah, I go, yeah, Brett Miller, breast cancer survivor. And I just looked up my shirt showed them the scar and everything and they go oh okay sorry okay you know they just kind of handed the stuff when i'm kind of like you know disappeared there they, they, they like wanted to switch right, out like let me hurry up and leave <laughs> exactly right. yeah i was just like i go i'm not trying to like i, I don't want to you know shame anybody but i feel shame because i say that you know i i'm right. a breast cancer survivor out of a male and people are like that's not possible yeah right and you shouldn't have to lift up your shirt we don't have to lift up our shirt no, but our chemo scar, you know, like, yeah, but because but you're, the, you're, you're a woman, woman and breast right. cancer and somebody goes immediately that way yeah. I'm a male, and the, and the awareness is not there. And that's right. what we've been trying to change yeah, and that's for what I say. 13 years now is to get it. It's not a male's disease. It's, it. a yeah. disease, it's a people's disease. disease. And yeah, if man. I say that I have breast cancer, I shouldn't have to prove it because mm -hmm. the awareness isn't there. Everything says women, everything is pink. And, and rightfully so, and I'm not trying to take that away. Right. All I'm asking is that anytime there is an advertisement or anything about breast cancer, it's either you say women and men, or you yeah, just right. say a person, people. Right. We, that, and we, we brought them a long way. There's a lot of changing to the word people. Um, right. I, I'm, I'm saying that 
the day of Brett's surgery, mm -hmm. because of our friendship with the plastic surgeon, his sister is a newscaster. She said, is there any way I could be at this at the hospital? I said, absolutely. absolutely. And we got two news stations covering the whole thing, even in the surgery while they were doing the mastectomy. So we got all that footage. Me as a videographer, oh my God, as a mom, I loved it. I filmed everything. I had my camera there. And to know that that footage is still there to, to, to show proof to men, it's not to be embarrassed. It's to talk about every one person you tell, you just might save that person's life, male, female, whatever, because they've been become aware that their breasts can get cancer. Yeah. And, As and, men, we try to find excuses to tell ourselves to not go to the hospital, to not <laughs> right. go to the doctor, to push it off until it's really bad. And that's just, I mean, and that's associated to society as well, because what do you get told? What's your grandparents? What's your dad? What does everybody say? Oh, throw some dirt on it, walk it off. You'll be fine. Like man up and, and deal with it. Well, be a strong man. things are, things are, yeah, be a strong man. Things are changing and, you know, everybody's mental state really needs to be factored in as well that, okay, mm -hmm. this, this feels different. You're your own best advocate for your body. If something feels off lump, whatever, anywhere, go to a doctor. And if Do they so. say nothing, but you still have that mentality mm -hmm. something's there and stuff, go to the second, third, fourth, minute, whatever it is to make yourself at ease, because it's your body. You know it best. Doctors yep. are only going to tell you what they know. And that's that. Yeah. You're and the only one that why, lives in there. Right. So. And that's why when I was making the flyer, I was very specific with the coloring because it needs to be out there. Like, I yeah. didn't want to. It's like, okay you all do have a ribbon and this yeah. is what this looks like. And I want people to see it for what it is, even though, yes, it's a, it's a podcast, but it's about breast cancer. It's about all cancers, but I was very intentional yeah. with the coloring of that flyer. And, and it, yeah, to make and, sure that you all- Brett, why did you design your ribbon this way? Well, because, it, you know, I, we looked it up and at the very beginning, the a ribbon for male breast cancer, and this is 2010, was a like a dark blue ribbon with the male symbol on it. That was it. Mm. And then, you know, and then we started seeing other ones like evolve, the, adding the pink and the blue right. in it, like different splashes here, whatever. I know that I saw, I've seen it, multiple ribbons, same colors can mean different things. Um, yeah. But I think blue on top of the pink uh, represents like premature babies um, mm -hmm. and, and, and other stuff with, you know, young babies and everything. But I, you know, and I think it can even be flipped as well with the double ribbon and stuff, but I've always stuck with the pink on top and the blue behind because it is a female dominant disease. More mm -hmm. women are going to get diagnosed than men. Mm -hmm. um, but men, you know, are second behind because we can get diagnosed, but a lot of times men are the caregivers supporting backing up the women. So that's mm -hmm. why they're back behind. You know, that's why it's the pink on top of the blue. That's why mm -hmm. I chose it that that's way. That's why you chose it. Others can do their own thing, whichever it is. But that was my reasoning and why I got the big tattoo on my side for yeah. it. Show it to her. Show it to her. Because he, he didn't do it. Just show him the tattoo. Because I'm, I'm not pro for tattoos. I don't like them. Oh, but wow. this one I love. So That's nice. Just kind of went with it. Everybody asked about the hand prints. Well, at the very beginning, you know, we started with uh, checkthem.org. Um, and oh, the, yeah. The shirt tag said, guys with the hand prints, don't be afraid to touch yourself. 
um, just to try to have that little shock value and to have a little humor in it because I found that humor helps everybody get through. If you can make life, if, if me going through it can make light of the situation and joke around about it, it made it easier for everybody else around you to then go, oh, well, you know, it's serious, but he, he's he's having some fun with it. So it makes it easier like to, for me to ask them him a question like, how's everything going without being like, right. oh, it's great. I'm just going through cancer. You know, it's just it had I made light of the situation to make it easier for everybody else. And more comfortable for everybody else. It made it more comfortable for my, for me too. And I still try to crack jokes as much as I can. Yeah. So you go through, you get the operation. So what diagnosis did they really give you? And what was um, the treatment plan? The paperwork still says that it, even though like the size wasn't that, you know, it, it was, I think they said that because of the size of the lump, it was the only reason why they classified it as stage one. But it was still ductal carcinoma in situ, which I know a lot of times now people just get diagnosed at stage zero with it. So, but at the time, like my paperwork says stage one. So it was like, it's borderline zero to one. Um, and it, and I, I got, like I tell everybody, everybody's cancer is different. And I got extremely lucky. That's the only thing I've been lucky on. It was a on. miracle. I tried Powerball making millions. I'm sorry. I still didn't win yet. <laughs> stops there, but um I got, yes, I got extremely lucky and everybody's case is different. I, I, I didn't have any lymph nodes that were affected by it. So they did the sentinel node biopsy um, and it did not spread through lymph nodes. So the only area that was taken out was the one inch margins around the nipple and the lymph nodes around that area. They did not have to go up into my armpit or my arm or anything else. It did not spread. So I got extremely lucky. Um, and I, wow. the surgeon apparently told my mom, before the surgery, I didn't know about it until like almost two days later when she finally told me that he pulled her aside. And he goes, just so you know, I'm going to prepare you for the worst because the amount of time that he's had this lump, it could be everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And um, that it was, it would be metastatic and that there's not going to be much they can do for him. And so I'm the only one that knows this and I did not share with my husband, Brett, nobody, because I'm just saying, God, take, take the and fly with this, make this kid, whatever you put him on this earth to do, he'll do it. And as a mom, I promise I will back it up, but mm. keep him well. He has his whole life ahead of him. Mm. And I don't want this cancer to take him down. And wow. 13 years later, God's showing us the way every single moment of every single day. So from what point did, how long did you have to hold that secret in? Like how long was it from the time you heard that conversation was it just the day of surgery? Three, in, after the Three. second day in your recovery, where, yeah. once you were in recovery, I finally said to him, I said, we've got good news because it's nowhere. And, but Dr. McCroskey really thought it was everywhere and he prepared me for the worst. And okay. it just, it was just crazy because, you know, and we, like I say, a lot of the footage on our YouTube channel way back in where it's dated 2010, you can watch the doctor talking to him and everything else because wow. they allow us to have the video cameras plus both TV stations in there. And we're actually there for a surgery because globally back then, men weren't even talked about. So we, it was we, a big We looked at, it, at the time of my diagnosis, there was one other male at the age of 24 in Europe uh, yeah, diagnosed. Yeah. And I believe he was metastatic. He, yeah, uh, he passed away. 
and and that was I. So at the time, I was one of the youngest. I was the youngest diagnosed in the United States. And yeah. I think so. He still holds literally that designation no, that we, he's still the youngest. Yeah, I don't think any of the others have been younger than you. They've been in the, the 24, 25 range. 21. We had the 21. We have the guy that's 21. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. So that so the only treatment you have was the double mastectomy. I mean, the mastectomy. Single, single mastectomy. Single mastectomy. So yeah. The morning of my surgery as well, my surgeon gets a call from his friends at John Hopkins and MG yeah. Anderson saying, do not treat men as women because that's the way they were for a little while. So he reached yeah. out to some of his friends at some of the other top cancer centers. And they said, do not treat it. Men is just as women. Only do a single mastectomy. Right and, now, we'll decide. And, you know, so I did. So I got lucky. I only had the single mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then they sent the they had also sent the uh, the, the tumor off to. Uh, uh, for Oncotype a, DX. A, a, a test called yeah. Oncotype DX. Yeah, right. And they said, on uh, you know, and tested that. And they said that came back as if I chose to do chemotherapy then oh, wow. it could reduce a uh, four ounce of chemotherapy followed up by the five years of the arimidex or uh, uh, tamoxifen that it would it could reduce the chances of any cancer coming back over a 10-year period by 10 percent right. and you know the test also tells you that you could have you you know based on all these factors and the data that we have it, um, it said that i had a 22 percent chance of cancer coming back over a 10-year period so i'm just like i'm thinking you know, whatever I can do to reduce, to get that number closer to zero, I, I, I'm going to do. I was like, I feel young. I don't feel sick. And now at any point that I ever feel like, oh, well, this is making my body hurt. Right. This, No, it didn't. So that's why I opted to do um, the chemotherapy. That, was he was one of the first chemotherapy that yeah. kind of pissed me off the most because it was after the second treatment is when my hair started falling out. And mm-hmm. that's when I, like I said, I still never felt sick. I still didn't, you know, a long time, but doing the chemo, that's when the hair fell out and everything. And that's when I looked sick. And that's what pissed me off because everybody was like, oh my God, are you okay? Yeah, What's going yeah. on? And then I had to explain. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like I literally, yes, I'm going through chemo, but the entire time through chemo, I never had, uh, I never had any nauseousness. I was never down. I was oh, never wow. out. I took the days off work just to take the days off work because they gave them to me. Right. And, but the only the only thing that I had during it was body aches because I forgot to take the steroid pills that they give me. Mm. Yeah, I lost and, my and and on the Oncotype DX, he was one of the first males that they ever did the test on for proof of breast cancer. So, so was, okay, so he diagnosed you had DCIS, but they treated you as you had stage one. So that is that why they let you do the chemo? Because DCIS well, but, for women, we don't get, we now, not treated with chemo. Yes, right now, because there's a lot more research in 2010. And they still don't have enough research yeah. for men. Now they have some because of things that we've been doing and other men that create. we've actually gotten speaking out and everything. But in 2010, it was like, hey, we've got this research for women and yours is very similar to theirs. So, hey, it worked for them. We should try it out on you. That's literally how every man felt when they got diagnosed. Well, and it was because they, wow. I mean, the yeah, clinical trials now are done. They come to us a lot to have our men do their clinical mm-hmm. trials and surveys. Monthly. That is so interesting. Yeah. Cause when you said DC, cause that was my diagnosis. Yeah. My doctor was like, yeah, if they give you, if anyone was to ever give you chemo, they're over treating you. So when you said it, I was like, wait, but I, I understand what you're saying now. It's like mm-hmm. you were male. They didn't know really what to do. They, they do. Were, 
this is 13 years ago now so yeah the treatments you know they they've they've come a long way but at that point it was this is the way you treat and there's no change in it right now i think it was probably within like two or three years tops that they had already started changing treatments for men so what about like okay so you know we get the stage so you were considered stage zero but they classify you stage one that's what I'm hearing because stage zero is right, right zero one. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, just, I'm, I'm doing based on what the paperwork says. Yeah. Yeah. Stage one, yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, that's fine. So then the other part is, you know, what was your um, like hormone receptors? Did they talk about that? Like ERPR positive, negatives, anything? Did they say? Uh, they probably said, said that I always ER negative. Disease, I thought it was, yeah. Um, they said that the cancer was like 88% estrogen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it was. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you estrogen positive. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And, and since okay. I'm so high risk. Normal when it comes to that, that yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't know. There's zero positive, negative, or two, eight, or five, uh, triple, eight. I'm like, it's a I, lot. It is a lot. It's so really much. a lot. Yeah. And I so, always just want to pull the chemo brain card because I don't remember something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm so high risk. They've got me literally on a Remedex. Okay. I've been on for three years two more years or five years because I had two lumpectomies in since 95 and then in 2001, but thank God, none of them were cancer. So, you know, so there's no proof. I'm like a guinea pig too. They say Mm -hmm. you're high risk. You've got so many family members with breast cancer. You got a son with breast cancer. Bottom line, you're going to get it. It may not, I'm 70 now. And this is, they said age 70 and up is when it's going to show up on me unless I take precautions. So yeah, what is it for me? to? It may not, but uh, I've taken this one damn pill that might stop it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I don't blame you. It's not hurting me at all. So are you on tamoxifen now? I'm on a Remedex. You're on a Remedex. Yeah. And he's off. I was was on tamoxifen for like a month or two tops. And I got all the hot flashes. And, and all the side effects there was, and I was like, I don't like this at all. My mom said booze swings. It oh, was really was just horrible. because it was the reactions to her nagging. Um, uh, but, <laughs> uh, no, the doctors, they switched me off of uh, tamoxifen. They put me on a Remedex. Damn, uh, okay. uh, the same, yeah, it's it was, the same pill. One yeah. milligram. Um, yeah. And honest, honest, I know I think there were 10 milligram ones, but I did. It felt like me, like I was just taking like a vitamin. I didn't have yeah. any, I didn't feel any different side effects from 20 this. milligrams. Yeah. And how long were you on that? Or are you still on it? I did the five years. I think it was done in, I think I was done officially like late 16, early yeah, 2016. You were. So what is your surveillance now? Like, what does that look like for you now? Like, what are they doing? And every six months we go. No. Well, well, yes, yeah, we with to, Amy Patel. Do that scan because of a different doctor, but my oncologist, he was, you know, once I crossed the 10 year mark, you know, he was like, I, I kept it up for, for two years. I'm probably going to cancel his appointment coming up just because every time I've gone, they've done the blood work and he's like, everything comes back great. He goes, we're, we're past that 10 year mark. So mm-hmm. we've made, we've made some great progress and everything. He goes, we can, you, you can still keep coming back if you want. You can just go to primary care. Um, there's another there's another doctor here in the area um yeah. that Dr. especially that really focuses on uh, breast cancer and she's helped out our organization quite a bit so um we she's started top go- radiologist 
in, okay. in globally. Or mammograms, you know, just focusing on that. They did a 3D, uh, no. Mammogram, mammograms. No, the 3D MRI. They did the 3D MRI, what it was. No, they, they didn't do that. No, 3D. They did that once. I did once. You couldn't do it. I had to. Do I, it. Yeah, you had to do it. But they're not. This year, we're setting up, and I just talked to them today. I'm going to do the ultrasound. The, they'll check me at the same time. And then he is going to do the uh, 3D mammogram. They're going to do oh, okay. it. I'm still doing I'm, I'm I'm opting to do mammograms, but I've been told that if I wanted to, I could opt out and not do anything. Right. Yeah. But gotcha. but they're they're also both of us are being studied, yeah, being part of her study that the, she's been doing, and uh, Dr. Patel is the one that just got the state of Missouri uh, that they have to pay for all diagnostic testing and they cannot discriminate against you, and she's the one working on uh, all the different states to be part of this where they cannot deny diagnostic testing for breast cancer patients. And it's Dr. Amy Patel. She was up for the NFL uh, fan uh, of the year. For the fan team. of the year. She didn't get it, came in second, but you <laughs> will have seen her if you watched any of the football games globally mm -hmm. and stuff like that. She's that one and she is a go-getter and she's on our advisory board. She, you know, she will answer any questions that help us in any way we need. Wow. For men or women. So right. don't ever hesitate if you have something you need to get answered and she can help on her side of it as a radiologist, she will do it. She's dynamic. Wow. So you still both of y'all, obviously, because I know you're being studied, Peggy, because yeah. family history. And then, oh, that was the question I was going to ask. So I know you're, you're being studied and... So that's kind of like your surveillance, I guess. Right, but exactly. At the same time, you don't have a genetic mutation that they found. However, you know, ever so many years, you're supposed to go back. So is, does she have something in the works for you to come back? We like, already did. We, we did genetic testing when it last year, or 2020. Years, 2020, we redid okay. it. They still couldn't come out. And we're working with Marriott and them. Uh, and what's the other? There's two different... Uh, uh, genetic testing companies we're working with because they're studying okay. our deal but they finally came back from this last test and said they think the mutation and and that they almost have discovered what mutation might be running through our family from my last test but they're still studying it yeah they they don't have it pinpointed but they do have some outlier genes that they are unsure of and they they're still working towards mapping but they they believe that there's still something there for yeah and even and even uh -huh. on Brett they're thinking it comes from his dad Bob my husband's side cuz his aunts and them have had breast cancer his could have come from the father's side still has and not my side has the father been, has your dad been tested? But dad's never Brent? been tested. No, mm -hmm. mom's never been tested. Oh, okay. But it may be something that needs to be done. And, and again, everything's a fight. Yeah. We're on Medicare. He's on Medicare. But I spent four hours today with Medicare just getting approval to go get my ultrasound. 
approved. Yeah. And then finally, with the last agent I talked to, oh yeah, we pay for it. Don't worry about it. He was telling me I was going to have to pay 45% out of pocket. And I said, you're wrong. And hung up on the guy. Yeah, that so is... I say, just hang up on them if you know they're not right. Because I was talking with the doctor's office right. too. And she said, no. She says, yeah, so you'll, you'll pay 10% talent. out of your pocket, which is $10. It could be a so, challenge, especially for him being a male. Like, oh, it, 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 I fought, I fought for Brett to even get treatment for right. weeks during his diagnosis. So, what led you? Well, who's I t- take us through? Okay, you go through the treatment, you go through everything. You have the news. I've seen that you've been on Good Morning America, even everywhere. But prior to being everywhere, what within that? What caused your organization? Like, what? Explain how this even came about. It was my, it was my surgeons. It was yeah, it was Dr. Them, McCroskey. It was them, you know, speaking out and just telling me that, like, hey, if I was willing to share my story, that I they believe that I could start helping people. And it, like I said, it wasn't until I met with the plastic surgeon is when I decided, okay, because it was about a week after diagnosis and everything. It all was coming at me like a freight train, right? Um, but it was it was a week after that, and that's when I finally I put a Facebook post out there to all, you know all my friends and everything just. Being like, if you haven't heard from me for a little bit, it's because I, you know, got the news that is breast cancer and so on. And then I just kind of started talking about it, had all these news, um, you know, news reports and articles, local newspapers, magazines, all of that. And um, and so we're like, well, you know, if we're going to be trying to do some good and speaking out and everything, that's when we started the foundation. We started as the Brett Miller 1T Foundation. Mm-hmm. I have and and the funny story about that is like i said i want to have some humor in it uh my mom goes what should we call it and i go the one nipple foundation and she goes we can't call it that that's not appropriate and i was like well you're no fun um so we had you know we had the shirts with the handprints and everything my right. name is spelled with one t because was, he was born was one week a after week the after, war. can i say it can yeah, i talk go on. interrupting he kept telling me i misspelled Maggie his name <laughs> That so I was born a week after the World Series. She knew that she was going to name me Brett when the Royals won the World Series. George Brett, Brett Saberhagen. Brett Saberhagen spelled with one T. George Brett had two T's on his last name because it's the last name. Pitcher so, and third baseman. So, and, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, pitcher and third baseman. So she chose Brett with one T. And growing up, I met several other Bretts in, in school and they all had two T's. I remember I always asked her, and I yelled at her, Why do I have one T? I'm so different. Everybody has two T's. I don't like this. And blah, blah, blah. Well, it came full circle when I got Brett diagnosed with breast cancer because it's Brett with one T, one tit, one nipple. So the breast oh, nipple. okay. So that's how the name came. Okay. So I still you got my one the, nipple foundation in there. It's just not stated. So you breast just used the actual first letter of each. Gotcha. Okay. So you have the foundation, but then the organization. So is it connected? And what's the we're, name we're, of the organization? Yeah, we started as the Brett Miller 1T Foundation. We evolved to the male breast cancer habits. That we, we so we, all these other men could tell their stories. So yeah. right. And that's what the website's we, about. We, we've also much, we've expanded, we've got men from all over the world sharing their story. And it just, kind of, it just it just happened because they just started, you know, they found us like you found us. They right. Google us. They reached out to us. They you know and, and everything. So we thought we found that it was something bigger. So we've just, you know, we expanded, we've changed the name, you know doing business as the male breast cancer happens so that, you know, we get a little more awareness and taken a little more seriously because nobody understands the one T foundation until I explain. And they I go, got okay, confused. okay. 
Yeah, I kind of got, I was like, what is these letters for? Because it was when I asked for like your address and I seen all, and I was like, wait, I don't remember. And then I went back to your website and I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, so is the foundation, the actual name, then that's doing business as like, I was kind of confused. So it makes sense now. Gotcha. Yeah. And we abbreviated as like on the screen, BM1T and BCH, which is Brett Miller 1T, male breast cancer happens. All right. Because it does. You so know. if people type in male breast cancer happens, they can find your organization because I really want people to know about it. So, um, and I, I looked at the website and it's, it's absolutely magnificent how you all have it set up and then the different yeah. stories that are out there because I, and you know, when we're talking about also percentage, Brett and Peggy both, like when you were talking about like the men, like women do have more cases out there. But then again, who really knows? Who knows? Because- Yep. And that may be walking around. Well, here's here's the deal. Know. It's like our doctor told us. When they report a breast cancer case, mm -hmm. they cannot report female or male. They can only report by name and birthday. Okay. And so if you are a Pat, you could be a Patricia or you could be a Patrick. Right. And that just goes down most likely as a female. So wow. numbers are so wrong out there as far as statistics. Oh, certain statistics. You know, American Cancer Society, I love them dearly. They work with us. They're the only one that wanted to recognize men and still do. But they can only report, they can take only the statistics, what's reported from doctors, and that is by name and birthday, not by okay. female or male. Okay. Okay. So there's no way to tell. And then you have the LGBTQ communities right. and stuff like that. You don't know. The yeah. numbers are never going to be straight unless somebody raises their hand and says, I'm a male, I'm a female, right? right. You yeah. don't know. So yeah, I was just, and, and then not just that, just also with the men who aren't going to the doctor doctors. to report that they have like a lump or anything yeah. like that to do further testing. That's the part that I was coming to because I'm sure there's a lot of men who- Oh, just they don't. Well, a lot of them aren't even here because of that. Right. You know, right. they die and don't even know what they died of. So. Right. Metastasized. Yeah. Okay. So is there anything else that you all want to, you have any events or anything coming up soon? Well, of course, it's October, the only month that, oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> anybody gets breast cancer. But the first week of November 2nd and, and uh, 3rd, that Thursday, Friday, we will be doing our uh, annual, it'll be virtual again this year. We used to do it in person conference where we bring all specialists, researchers and doctors. Wow. And they talk for, uh, each of them get a 30 minute spot. They talk for 15 minutes on the most up-to-date stuff about breast cancer. And mm -hmm. then there's a 15 minutes of questions and answers that you, the person, whoever's on, just like on it, because it's all done through our Zoom channel, uh, can ask questions. And then we record that. And then, like I said, if you go to our YouTube channel, you can go see at the very top where all of our specialists from last year. And there's some knowledge that will blow your mind. You know, so that's that, November 2nd and 3rd? Yeah, it's going to be that Thursday, Friday. It's all It all comes down to it's either winds up being one day or we start on a Thursday afternoon and run through Friday. 2nd and 3rd of 2023. And it's virtual. Right. Right. And I'm sure you're going to have a flyer. So I'll oh, yeah, I have it all. Uh, it'll be going out through our Zoom, our email. We do. Any men out there, uh, don't hesitate to email me. You can do that through the website. 
uh, that if you have male breast cancer, your family, bottom line is we will put you on our mailing list. Uh, we'll send, we send out the shirts for free. We want you to help spread the message to the world because if you're wearing that, it makes people stop and say, oh, that's a fun shirt. And then you get to tell your story. But also mm -hmm. feel welcome that you're not alone anymore. That's right. Because that's been one of my biggest things is that no male feels alone anymore when you hear the words you have breast cancer because I felt that way. Oh, totally. I, I've, I've spoken to a lot of men since then and they're like, oh, absolutely. I felt the exact same way. So they, They're embarrassed. They don't want to talk about it. But we have we have a men's only wow. group that meets monthly too, run by Ron Rappaport. He is a retired pharmacist. Uh, thought he was just going to have a great retirement. He gets breast cancer once, and then just this last year he gets it a second time. Mm. And the poor man's been through a lot with the lymphedema and stuff. But he runs our men's only group, and brilliant. And Brett gets on at the men only men can get on that call. Right. So they can literally right, shoot. The shoot. time for us to talk. Yeah. Know, what's going on? What's happening? Get things off our chest and just give us, you know, give each other kind of an update where we're at. If there's any new treatments for anybody and just, just talk about whatever we want. I love how you all built the community that you have because you have you, the survivor, caregiver, and then the co-founder, you know, um, so you're giving different aspects to everybody who might need it. Just like for the women, we have like the spouses and caregivers and stuff, but then we also have the medical profession. Like you all are giving everything to the men and that has to make them feel, you know, just well, it is. And not it, alone it, and special. And it's all, all the families because right. this is a family effort. And the only question I tell people is the question you don't ask. I might not have an answer, but guess what? We will reach out to the people to find out, see if we can get you the answer. Right. But don't be afraid to ask a question. Mm -hmm. If it's on your mind, do it. I get men, family members, 24-7, texting me, emailing me. Can, do you know about this? I said, no, I don't, but let's find out. And right. we get the conversation going. We have many, many of the top doctors, Dr. Ben Park, Vanderbilt, he's part of our medical advisory board. You look on our medical advisory board on the website, mm -hmm. and again, uh, to give accolades to uh, Brett's older brother, Blake, he built the website, and his dad keeps Hi. up the website and keeps it all going. So that's a full family affair. Yeah. And, and the bottom line is, we need to stay together because as I started, one of our mottos is men have breasts too. Mm -hmm. But together we will change the world, hashtag, because right. it takes every single one of us to keep asking questions, Absolutely. to keep getting with researchers, because guess what? Our doctors are just human beings also. Right. They learn from us, the patients. It's called a practice. That's so right. Medicine changes every single day. So everybody's yeah. always asked, like, would you ever go back and, and sue your doctors for misdiagnosis, no. malpractice? I go, how? They're just yeah, learning just right. as it is. And what doctor in the right man you're just gonna think a 17-year-old male at the time with the lump, it's breast cancer. Not one. Not. So yeah. I don't I can't fault them for it. All yeah. I can do is ask them to keep educating themselves and be open to it because we were at a big uh, we were at ASCO several years ago. Um, the global the major, yeah, yeah policy in Chicago and everything. We still had doctors from other parts of the world laugh, come up <sighs> and laugh and go. Men don't get breast cancer while we're this standing. This is a joke. <laughs> so it's that just all I can ask is that doctors have an open mind. And when it comes to 
you know, we've asked, I, I even, after my diagnosis, I went back to the same doctor that sent me off for the ultrasound and asked him about adding breast exams for men and, and a physical. And he started throwing out the, the statistics of like 1% this and everything. So I was like, basically, you're telling me I'm paying $200 to walk in this door right now. And you're telling me it's not worth your time for maybe 30 seconds to a minute for you to do a quick little rub down feel on a breast for a male, which aren't going to be that large typically. And you're telling me it's not worth your time because you just want to throw statistics out there. It's kind of like, you know, it, it was kind yeah. of slap in the face, but it's just like, all we can do is ask them to start, you know, to change. And yeah. And, and that's I say when you're um, when your men are at their physicals, ask your doctor to check your breasts. Mm -hmm. They won't turn you down. And and the bottom line is they just might find something. And yeah. that may just save your life in the long run. So knowledge is power here, people. <laughs> yeah. So Brett, is there anything that you want? men women anybody to know straight from you like anything else you want people to know um just based off what you've gone through uh it's just that you know men can get it too it's not just women if you feel a lump if you have a discharge uh a rash or dimpling of the skin and stuff something just isn't seen right go to a doctor get that first opinion second opinion third opinion whatever but you're your own best advocate and it's going to take you to make a change and don't wait, quit waiting, men quit, you know, quit just pushing it off because that's how we were raised because of your dad, your grandpa, grandpa, whatever. Um, society's changed a lot and we need to be more proactive about our health. Yeah. You're the only one lives in your body. You're the only yep. one knows what's feeling like. And if is you think it's something, it most likely is. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything going on? I know we said October, because no, no, well, November is our virtual conference and right. monthly we have our meetings with researchers and we have right. our men's only meeting. So if any man uh, wants to be part of that, just email me. I get them on the list. They'll start getting emails. You're on our email list. So yeah. that way you can pass it on to all the people you talk with. Feel free to share. It's what we're here for. Okay. And so nothing's going on October though, because you know, October, we, yeah. we, we yeah, stay away from October because it is so crazy. We're okay, there, we're there for anybody. Uh, okay. yeah. You know, uh, Rick, it's tons of requests to be at different places uh, because everything was virtual the last couple of years. It'll be interesting. San Antonio breast cancer symposium is always in December. We always have had a booth there, but the last three years we have not. Uh, had the booth because of uh, COVID and stuff, uh, but we have been there virtually with a booth. Okay. And so that's something, it, it is the realm globally, San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium is really yes. amazing. The first week of December, yep. they're already pushing out and they have specialists from all over the world that come to that. Yeah, I so. just got a flyer about it in another group that I'm in yes exactly group but I just got a flyer about because when you said San Antonio I'm like I know I've seen that yeah so and there's booths and they they you know they've always made sure we had a booth there because nobody talks about men so are y'all going this year or no? I still am very it's, hesitant it, uh, we're gonna very, I've already committed virtually okay but I'm just hesitant to still go on oh person. got you I got you yeah we'll be yes we'll be yeah, there virtually it, it, one way or the other it's okay. difficult for me to during our uh, so I manage a pool and an ice rink at the country club. So I ice seasons during that, so it's really hard to get out for some of those. Uh, okay. But that's why I usually have the one going and stuff. But uh, uh, 
virtual's been actually working almost better as in person's fantastic, but virtual's amazing because we can reach so many more people. Right. Okay. Well, I'll keep up with you all anyway. You know, I always we're together. Virtual. We're family now. Yeah, sister. we're family now. <laughs> Anything anybody needs, don't hesitate yes, to reach out. Y'all have been absolutely amazing. So as we wrap up, um, since we've covered pretty much everything, I think, um, I want to make for sure that you know your words. So, Britt, I'm gonna start with you. What's one word that you can leave with the audience? And this is basically something to encourage people or something that they may want to use every day as they're looking at their wounds, their mental and physical wounds, you know, and to try to get them to you know, like heal them as they're healing. So what's something that you can share a word that you can share? Um, so I was looking at it. I think just overcome would be one of my ones and everything. It may seem dark and hard to uh, think of, you know, getting past the cancer diagnosis at the time of your diagnosis. But if you, if you set your mind right and you believe that you can get through it and you have the right support system, right. you can, totally overcome you need to have the support system in it wow that's good and peggy what's your word i think i know your word but i'm gonna let you say it anyway together (laughs) because it takes every damn one of us to make this happen we can't do it alone people right we can't do it alone so together together so stay together all right and oh that's right you had a song so you had that (laughs) Yeah, survivor. A, a, a little, a little, a little cheesy, but it, I mean, it works. It's not cheesy. Yeah. It's not cheesy. So I'm gonna let Peggy explain this because Peggy was the one who gave me the song. Well, so I, Peggy, yeah, I loved your video. I will survive. You put it out there, honey, and it was just perfect. You're as a videographer puts them together. I go, boy, did Christina did. I'm trying, job. y'all. I'm trying. You did a great. It's beautiful. I've rewatched it several times, and I actually. I actually showed it to Riley, his four-year-old, and she goes, and she's singing to it now, and that's my daddy all day today. I I said, let me put your daddy's video on for you. I mean, she loved it, a four-year-old, so you know it made made a hit, and even the one-year-old kept pointing like, he still doesn't talk, Ryder, but he knew it was his dad. That is awesome. It's so beautiful. What, so what was your reasoning for that particular song? So it was Survivor by Gloria. I can't remember her last name. Uh, Gloria Gaynor. Gaynor. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I will, reason? I will survive because, you know, I thought it was the darkest times. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought my son wasn't going to be here with us. I didn't think he'd ever be able to have a family. And God proved different. Mm-hmm. What you believe Anything can happen. Oh. And that's it. Just believe, people. Don't ever give up. Mm. I will survive. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave you with something. And what I usually leave with, like I said multiple times, usually supposed to be a word, but I usually end up saying a whole sentence. So um, when I think of you all, I was sitting here thinking of different things per usual, usually I come with the word and then I end up saying something totally different. So I just let God have his way. Um, faithful yes. is what I see here. I see that you were faithful to your son. Your son in turn has been faithful glo- globally. 
um, as well as you too, like the whole family. And that's what I see with you all. It's like, there's a faithfulness. There's a faithful for what you believe in that isn't on this earth, that is God, your God or whomever that you serve. You have that faithfulness, which led you through Peggy, when you heard things about your son that you didn't even share with anybody, you held that in. And many mothers do that. We hold information in because we want to continue. It's okay. It's almost like kill us, but don't kill don't them. Take like, <laughs> we'll hold it in, hold it all in, about to explode. But that is, that comes from faith. Yes. That yes. comes from perseverance. And when I see you all together, that's all I kept hearing is like faithful. They're, they, they've been faithful over the little things and God has now entrusted you with much more. And you're still faithful. You're faithful to each other as a family. I've looked at your pictures, Peggy, I've had conversation with you. And you not only just like, like I said, not just you all, but you invite other people into your family. Absolutely. Um, and you're faithful to them. And so, yes, continue to be faithful over the call that's on your life. Continue that's to spread it. everything that you all are spreading now and whatever else, prayerfully nothing else will happen, but you know, whatever yeah. comes your way, continue to be faithful over those things because you can always help someone. So yes, totally. that's, I just, just continue to be faithful. Very continue much so. And, and um, it's God's way. Mm -hmm. I said, show me the way I say it every night in my prayer. And every single day, he shows me a way, or she, or whomever, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> shows and, us the way and introduces me to more people like yourself. That's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and other men that are global that uh -huh. uh, there are so many men in Nigeria that are so scared because their country will not even treat men with breast cancer. Yeah. You told me about it's that. It's so sad. That's global. But we're making changes. Because right. we've talked to these men now for over four years and they're finally getting some change right. because they're talking and they're getting the government's attention. And, and that's why I say to any man out there, don't ever feel alone. You're not. We're all here for you. And yeah, we're a big family, guys. It's sad we're a big family, but we are. Yeah, it's, it's sad what brought us together, but we're yes. still family and um, and we're faithful to each other. And Absolutely. that's why I try to be faithful to people that I run in contact with. And I'm so glad that I met both of you. Um, and yeah, so we're going to we're going to do what Peggy tells us to do, which is change the world. Like, yes, yes we're, we're going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, as I say, come in November, we want you, Christina, to be on our virtual conference too. So make oh, a plan. I'll get back. I'll be getting with everybody by the end of August. So okay. Great. You know, I'll be there. I'll support you guys. Whatever Excellent. you do. That's it. Yeah. We love you. So, Brett, did you have anything else to say since you couldn't talk since we were talking? <laughs> guys, don't be afraid to touch yourself. <laughs> Check. I mean, well, and, and, and also the doctors have told us too. they you know, try to make light of it too and everything. If you have a significant other. Yeah. Touch each other. Touch each other. No, that's what I just said on. What was I on? Oh, I was on a pre-recording and I was talking to lady. She was talking about like her husband. I remember my husband looked at me one night. He's like, why is that breast lock? But yeah, you touch each other. That's what it is. Make it an evening. We yeah. we have quite a few that it's, it's the significant other is the one that actually found it. So yes, it, we we joke about it, but it's a serious thing. Like it sometimes takes somebody else to point it out, and you know, and, and make you go do something. So absolutely, absolutely.
Well, thank you. Love you, kiddo. Thank well, you. Thank you. And tonight, this concludes our another episode of Our Scars Speak. And remember that our mental and physical scars speak a story, a story that should be told and needs to be heard. So never be ashamed to share it when the time is right and when you feel comfortable. There's no pressure, but just know that your scars definitely have a voice. And until next time, we love you and we see you later. Thank you for listening to Our Scars Speak, and we hope you can join us again real soon. Meanwhile, remember that our mental and physical scars speak a story that can help heal the wounds of another.